Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. The Ion College Basketball Podcast is, of course, presented by Jersey Mike Subs. Jersey Mike's. A sub above. Matt Norlander is here with me. He's at home in Connecticut. I'm in a hotel room in New York City, in town doing studio work for CBS Sports Network. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davis. You have consent. If you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please knock that out while you're here. Let's get into it. Today is February 15, 2023. We're more than three months into this season, and the following two totally unpredictable things are true in this moment. One, preseason number one, North Carolina is winless in quadrant one opportunities, more specifically zero and nine in Q1 opportunities. And two, Pitt, which was picked 14th in the ACC, two spots below Louisville, is in this moment alone and first in the ACC standings. Make sense of it, dead leg. How do we get here? Uh, first of all, you had me thrown to start. Um, you had no headphones, but you're, you're going with the in-ears here? You got, got in-ears. Okay, all right, there we go. It's a, as you know what, it's a slick look. But I, if you've done that, I didn't notice in the past couple of shows. But I noticed I did, now. That- and I didn't, I didn't plan, I didn't plan on doing it uh, this time. You know, the headsets that we had are our official yeah. podcasting headsets. Yeah. They have a screw-in adapter. Uh yes. I, I didn't travel with a screw-in adapter. You know what? That's a good look too. I like it. I, I like. This, it. I think I like this better. It's it's, it's a good look, and uh, and Digger Phelps, thank you. I got I got word he might have been suffering from a pretty brutal cough the past couple of days. So oh maybe. my god, that's all I need is to ruin Illinois season and kill Digger Phelps all in the same calendar I year. Feel he's getting better by the moment, though. Uh, you know, there we go. Um, yes, Pittsburgh is alone in first by record, twelve and three, tied in the loss column. Virginia's eleven and three. But Jeff Capel is on his way to winning ACC Coach of the Year. And I say this lovingly. Like, it's, it's about damn time because... You sound like Lizzo. You think you're yeah, like, you woke up this morning and decided you're going to be Lizzo. That's right. When, when, when Capel got the pit job, uh, many expected that, yes, it was going to be a rebuild and it would take some time. But the expectation, given uh, his solid run at VCU... And then some really good years at Oklahoma. And then, you know, he had just he had spent almost a decade uh, being, you know, the number one guy on that bench for Mike Krzyzewski for the majority of his time there. It just seemed like it would work. And the level to which Pitt's program was broken, I think, was underestimated by pretty much everyone. And it's not just that. Like, Capel, it's it's on him to get to turn it around. And he did not through four seasons. Pitt was a 
a mediocre to downright awful team the first four seasons of his tenure there. And now in year five, sitting here at 19 and seven and coming off of uh, the kind of win again. I'm glad we're starting with Pitt. We're going to talk UNC, just talk, talk the top of the ACC to top, top this show because I take a lot of stock in victories like what Pitt logged on Tuesday. It's at home. It plays Boston College, and it's not a game. Okay? Pitt's now won six in a row. It's longest streak in God knows how long. I'll check this in real time for you right now. Last time, Pitt pulled off six straight wins in a, se- in a season. I'm looking. It didn't happen last year. Didn't happen the year before. Didn't happen the year before that. And it started 6-0 to start Capel's first season with, you know, walkovers. But six straight in league play, it has been years and years and years and years. We're talking seven, eight plus nine years at this point. They win. They get 11 three-pointers. And they're getting consistent play from so many guys on down the roster. Even guys who we weren't necessarily expecting to be alphas on this team. Jamarius Burton being one of those. And so... It's an awesome story. Pitt's not safely in the field yet, but it's atop the ACC. It's won eight and nine overall, and it's 18 and four since November 20th. It's one of the better stories in the sport. One of the more surprising stories in the sport, along the lines of, say, a Marquette, but for different reasons. And we'll get to the Golden Eagles in a few here. Um, But as you mentioned a few shows back, this is why I love this sport, because it is dependable just how un dependable the sport can be. We had North Carolina number one in the preseason. Pitt wasn't projected to be a top 13 team in the ACC. It was picked 14th. And now we look up UNC. I would not have in the field. I understand that some might have them just right there, you know, going to Dayton in the moment right here. And meantime, Pitt's sitting pretty and, uh, and is is some good stuff there. So to me, the bigger, I don't to me, the thing here on this Wednesday is, is more about Pitt than UNC, but we need to talk about them both because obviously Carolina was not able to handle its success well after losing three in a row. It took care of business against Clemson at home, then had another home game against Miami, and if anything, the Hurricanes really showed again why they need to be considered, you know, a viable Final Four candidate, but in doing so, you know, UNC, and we'll have this in a triple handoff on the site later today, UNC is, is now... It's flirting with infamy and being the first preseason number one not to make the NCAA tournament. Will, will that happen? I still think they're going to barely get in, but it's it's rough right now. What are your thoughts on the Panthers and the Heels, GP? Well, we'll get to North Carolina in a minute. On Pitt, I'm with you. Everything you said, um, you know, Pitt's a, a a proud basketball program that was really operating at a high level under Ben Howland, then under Jamie Dixon, and it's been in a bad place for a while. Uh, hadn't made the NCAA tournament since 2016. I hadn't had a winning record since 2016. So I'm glad this is a Wednesday midweek podcast as opposed to a Thursday midweek podcast so that we could say Pitt is alone atop the ACC standings because, as you know, on Wednesday night, Virginia is playing Louisville. So the Cavaliers, barring something that is literally unimaginable. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine I can't get there. I just can't. I, I, it was easier for me to believe UMBC would beat Virginia in the yes. opening round of the two thousand of the whatever NCAA tournament. 2018. 2018, 2018. Yeah. Then, then it is that Louisville will beat Virginia on Wednesday night. So I'm assuming by the time we go to bed, uh, Virginia and Pitt will be tied atop the ACC standings with 12 and three records. But either way, um, really terrific stuff. They're on a six-game winning streak. I put them, the Panthers, in the top 25 and one this morning. Pitt fans have been 
asking on on social media for at least a week now, probably longer. Why aren't we ranked? Why aren't we ranked? And so when I put the Panthers in the top 25 and one this morning at number 26, I was like, I even did something I don't normally do. Normally, I just write a little like, here's the Wednesday morning's top 25 and one, some thoughts on whatever. And then it's like, here's one, one, two, three, four, five link. And this time I went one, two, three, four, five, dot, 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 26. You do this sometimes. Pit. That's right. Because I wanted him to see it. I thought they'd be happy. And immediately, mm. immediately, these ingrates <laughs> are coming. They didn't my appreciate. Ah. They didn't it's appreciate their place in the top 25 and one. A starving stray cat is given just a taste of the good stuff. And it no longer wants <laughs> that cold, soggy milk anymore. You gave him a little bit, and they're like, "What? You think this is good enough? Twenty six? Get the hell out of my house! You top haven't had a you haven't had a you haven't had a, you haven't had a winning record since two thousand sixteen. I put you in the top twenty five and one, and you're still angry. Why are you angry? You're on a six game winning streak. You're finally ranked, and you're angry. So." numerous pit fans have asked the following question like why why are have what forget why are we not ranked right now because we're still not in the eight people why haven't we been ranked and as respectfully as i can lay it out here's the deal pit is uh, five and two in quadrant one that's terrific five and two in quadrant one is great three and three in quadrant two not as great two and one in quadrant three not as great nine and one in quadrant four so they've got two losses outside of the first two quadrants uh, specifically a quad three loss and a quad four loss. Also, you might have noticed there, nearly half of Pitt's 19 wins are quad four wins. And the Panthers, again, have a quad three loss that's to Clemson at home and a quad four loss to Florida State at home. Panthers are 54th in the net, 55th at Ken Palm, basically outside of the top 35 in every computer we reference. So that's the bad. If you're a Pitt fan wondering why Pitt hasn't been ranked. Like your, your answer is in there. And the comments you get from various people are, are always whatever. Like you'd have some Pitt fans over the past week or so say stuff like, you know, we have this many wins and this many losses and we're competing at the top of the ACC. Why are we not ranked? And the answer to that question is because any record without context, I thought people understood this, but maybe not. Any record without context in college basketball means absolutely nothing like there is nothing dumber than when somebody tweets we have the same record as this other team but they're ranked 14th and we're not ranked at all why why is it because you're an idiot parish or ap voter or whatever and um no no that's not it it's uh if you're asking that question you're the one who's an idiot like who cares if you have the same record as some other team that doesn't mean anything in this sport unless the two teams have played the same schedules, which, of course, is never the case. How about this? You ready for this? I looked this up this morning. Motivated by Pitt fans' anger, I looked this up this morning. Kansas right now. Kansas, you know the Jayhawks, reigning national champs. Bill uh, self yes. coach. Yes. Kansas has the same record as Kent State and North Texas. All three of them are 21-5. and five. <laughs> That doesn't mean Kent State and North Texas should be ranked similarly to Kansas. <laughs> Dum-dums. Because the substance of those 21 and five records aren't even close to the same. And that's been Pitt's problem for a while to bring this back to Pitt. The record, especially the ACC record, is nice. But the substance 
has mostly been uh, so-so. And while I'm on one, let me address a question I got. Someone's asking now, is this a pit bashing session or a pit? Because we started off. Okay. Okay. You know what? The pit, and now, and now <laughs> I'm aware of this. And you know what? This is you crazy pit fans. This is your uh, fault. So you funny. did this. All I wanted to do is tell you how much I'm happy for, for Jeff Capel. But now you've pushed me. You put in right. You were in. You, you were ungrateful. <laughs> so now you push me. Especially this guy. There's a fellow on Twitter. His name's Chris Klein. Oh, boy. Here we go. I finally ranked Pitt this morning in the top 25. And here's what Chris Klein had to say. You know what he should have tweeted? Thank you, GP. It's nice to see. It's been a long time. I would have liked that tweet. I would have, I would have liked, I would have, not only I would have enjoyed the reply and then actually liked it. Here's what he tweeted instead. How can you have Northwestern over Pitt? They beat Northwestern by almost 30. I know Northwestern beat Purdue, but have also lost reads of teams they should, not be, they should have beaten. Pitt gets no love in first place, unranked with four teams behind them ranked. Doesn't make sense. That was Chris Klein. You know what doesn't make sense, Chris Klein? The, 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 the actor from team. American Pie is in your mentions, by the way. That's the story. Wake up. Is there somebody named Chris Klein in American Pie? Yes. yes. Could be the same guy. We already have a no context. That's a no context image right there. Could be the same guy. This always drives me crazy. We beat this team. How can we be ranked lower than that team that we beat? The the the, the people who make that point ne- never apply the same dumb logic in reverse. For instance, you, it is true that Pitt in November like beat Northwestern's brains in at Northwestern. That's a fact. Chris Klein, if nothing else, Chris Klein was right about that. Here's another thing that happened in November. Pitt lost at home to West Virginia by 25. Why isn't Chris Klein from American Pie asking me how I could have Pitt ranked ahead of West Virginia, given something that happened in November? I'm telling you, on a daily basis, there's nothing dumber than the replies to the top 25 and one. Like 99% of them are the dumbest things you've ever seen. Yes. Every, uh, I mean, you got to get out of your mentions. You, every you once can't. in a while, somebody makes a good point, but it's mostly, it's mostly just stupidity. Either way. Either Congrats way. to Pitt. I don't want any dumb fans from Pitt to ruin my excitement for Jeff Cable. That's that's sincere. This team was picked 14th in the ACC, now alone atop the ACC standings for at least a few more hours on a six-game winning streak. Five quadrant one wins at Northwestern, at NC State, at UNC, beat Miami, beat Virginia. Like you said, great story for Jeff and that program. You know, he entered this season on a hot seat and was picked 14th in his league. That almost always means this is your last season coaching that school. And now it's, I'm assuming, certainly not going to be. You know, like I said, Pitt hasn't um, had a winning record since 2016, hasn't made the NCAA tournament since 2016. One of those things is definitely changing, guaranteed. The other is likely to change. So that's, uh, that's awesome stuff. Hell to Pitt. Hell to Pitt. HTP. The, Here we go. HTP, hell to Pitt. To be fair, though, if you really wanted to get back at the pit fans, just jump on the bandwagon. That's oh, true. oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I could. I, I am one. I'm driving the pit train away from running this thing straight into the ground. I'm not going to do that. I would not do that to Jeff Cable. I like him too much. I like him too much. I like Pitt's program too much. I love Pitt's colors too much. I love those pit colors. Love that them. comes from a sincere. I love them. Like those are my favorite colors. 
If you told me to pick my favorite college colors, I would pit pit. And yet these these some of these fans are ruining it for me. And I should be clear, I know it's not all pit fans. It's just the guy from American Pie and a few others. Yeah. But still, those are the ones. They should have been appreciative. Just a simple thank you, GP, would have been would have been okay. Thoughts on Carolina? They stink. They stink, boy. That's Oh, and nine in quadrant one. How about this? I got four schools right now that got more quadrant one wins than North Carolina. Louisiana Monroe, Dartmouth, Central Michigan, Eastern Illinois. They're all 270th or worse in the net. They all have more wins. Trivia time. Trivia time. Okay. Mascots for all four of those schools. Louisiana Monroe. I think I got them. Yeah. Joint, Joint trivia time. Okay, Louisiana Monroe, they're the Eagles. I think they're the Warhawks. Yeah, Not probably. a correct in real time here. All right, what's the next one? Dartmouth? That's yeah. an easy one. What's, what's Dartmouth? Dartmouth Demons. Dartmouth is the big green. What's the next one? Central Michigan. Oh, that's an easy one. It's the Chippa somethings. Come on, you're almost there. Chippa, Chippa. <laughs> Chippa, Chippa infinitesimals. Chippa infinitesimals. <laughs> the Chippa. The Chippewakawas. Chippewas. Chippewas, right. And then and the what's e- the last one? Eastern Illinois. That's uh, that's a boring one. You know what that one is? Yeah, the Eastern Illinois. The Eastern Illinois. We just we just finished talking about a team with the same exact nickname. The Eastern Illinois Panthers? That is correct. Okay. Let me check them. Let me check that Monroe one. I think those are the Warhawks. I don't know if I could give you all 363 mascots slash nicknames, but I think I could come close. Warhawks, baby. Give it to me. The Warhawks. 11 and 6. Not the Warhawks. Not, hold on. Warhawks, not hogs. No, Although, I know the Warhawks. War okay. Warhawks uh, would be badass as hell and the best one in the, the best <laughs> nickname in the entire. They, Arkansas should become the Warhawks. <laughs> they should. They, they should really be, should. They might need to, to be you honest. You know how the Zag, that Gonzaga can be the Zags or the Bulldogs? Yes. Arkansas should be the Razorbacks, the Hogs, or the Warhogs. I agree with that. Your best take on the pod in months. Couldn't couldn't agree more with that. And you're telling me the Warhawks have a quad one win? They do. They're ranked 341st in the net, and they have one more quad one win than the preseason number one team. Like that is insanity. I'm looking all- at this schedule. They're 11 and 16, and three of the 11 wins have come against non-D1 teams. Who? It's at Marshall. Okay, it's at Marshall. That's the win. They went and messed up the the Warhawks. You don't remember when the Warhawks got the th- thundering herd? I do not. I you don't remember that? No. This leads me to an even better trivia time. Let's go. Trivia time. There are six power conferences in college basketball. ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, Pac-12, SEC. In those six conferences, there are nine schools still without a single quadrant one win. Ooh, this is a good one, GP. North Carolina is obviously one of them. So I'm looking for the other eight. What other eight power conference schools still do not have a quadrant one win? All right, the big six conferences. Um, all right. UNC is one. Louisville is another. That's correct. Oh, and seven in quadrant one. Nebraska just picked up one on Tuesday night. Nebraska walked into Jersey Mike's arena. They just walked right in. So they have one. Uh, 
Georgia Tech got to be one. Georgia Tech has a quadrant one win. No, it does not. It does. So I'm at two, and there are seven more in the big six that don't have a, Q- a Q1. Yep. All right. Georgetown is one. Georgetown is obviously one. Georgetown is 0-10 in quadrant one. That is tied for worst in the world. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say, DePaul is one. Why don't we ever no, say DePaul it like that? Beat we, Xavier, though, DePaul beat Xavier, right? So yeah, it, DePaul, like, DePaul is not one. DePaul I don't know why one. we always say like I think they're the best team in the country. We should say I think they're the best team in the world. Expand it to the world. Where else are they playing college? Well, I mean, if they're going ahead to head against the Celtics right now, I don't. Well, Celt- Celt- technically, the Celtics are in the country. So if you say, uh, I That's think true. Alabama's the best team in the country, like you're looping the Celtics in there too. That's true. I think, here's what you got to say. I think Alabama is the best college basketball team in the world. Okay. Let's just do it. Let's, why even, gonna, let's, let's not, let's not even stop there. Not even the solar system, not even the Milky Way, our known universe. All right. The old known universe. Because I can't account for all the other the multiverses. I can't. I can't speak to that. I just know what's happening in this one. No news. I don't even know what's happening in this one. You don't. Oh damn! Where were we? Okay, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is zero and five in quadrant one. All right. How many? I think I'm at four right now. You have named North Carolina, obviously Louisville, and Notre Dame. I think that's Georgetown. and Georgetown, four. right? Yeah, we've got four. four. We got five left. The go. only I'm trying to go league by league. The only other one in the ACC that I think might be there is Florida State. Um, Florida State actually has a quadrant one win, but you do need to spend some time in the ACC. Oh, there's another school. Would you be surprised to know there are two more schools in the ACC with zero quadrant one wins? And one of these will actually surprise you, I think, because it surprised me because I was like, hold up. They're pretty good. Get out of here. Two more in the ACC. Okay. I will come back to that. I'm thinking that Oregon State and Cal are terrible. They got to be on the list. They are both. They are the two from the Pac-12. Okay. Oh, Uh, you're, you're helping me out. It's only those two. Yeah, Oregon State's 0-10 in Quadrant 1. That ties Georgetown for worst in the world. And Cal is 0-6 in Quadrant 1. So are we up to six teams here? You you need to name three more. That's correct. Okay. Uh, and two are in the ACC. I'm going to say Syracuse. It's 0-5 in Quadrant 1. Okay. But that's only because some other teams bought. And I'm going to say that the I don't believe this should be the case. No, there's no way it's NC State. That's like a half guess, but I'm saying it because of how you hinted it before. Is it really NC State? NC State has quadrant one wins. Okay, okay. But you think this team is pretty good in the ACC. Uh, it's just they've had some notable wins, and 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 yet, as of this moment, zero quadrant one wins. Um, I'm scanning. Uh, Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech has two quadrant one wins. Yeah, I thought they had a. I thought they had a good one, and it's not Georgia Tech. Mm-mm. Oh, you know, I know who it is. Hmm. I think I know who it is, only because, <laughs> only because to no avail. I was trying to explain to this coach two days ago why, if you win a game by one point instead of twenty, you might go down in the metrics. I'm gonna say it's Wake Forest. Wake Forest is zero and five in quadrant one. That surprised me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now there's one more team from a different league okay. that you're missing. Um, um, 
It's no one in the Big 12, obviously. Let me go ahead and run you through that. Every Big 12 team has at least three quadrant one wins. Every Big 10 team has at least one. Every SEC team has at least one. So we've gone. And I've already told you it's not the Pac-12. And I've already told you it's not the ACC. So it's obviously in the Big East. Yeah, I thought we had covered everything there. Uh, Seton Hall. Seton Hall has quadrant one win. Mm. DePaul, Georgetown, Seton Hall, Butler. Butler's it. Butler has a quadrant one win. No! No way! Uh, the bottom teams in the Big East right now are Georgetown, Butler. Butler is 2-10 and ten in quadrant one. DePaul is 1-7 in quadrant John- one. Golden Gate, don't, don't. Golden Gate Mike? Golden Gate Mike is 1-7 in, in quadrant okay. one. Don't do that to me. Gosh. Um... Georgetown, Butler, DePaul, St. John. This is another one that you would have never predicted in the offseason. That is Butler, that DePaul, uh, that actually isn't getting. DePaul. Dude, Villanova is the only team left. They're 0 and 8 in quarter. Get out of here. Get out of here with this list. The best thing for Kyle Neptune wow. is that North Carolina is North Carolina and Kentucky wow. is Kentucky because Villanova is not really getting roped in with them. But they probably should be roped in with them. Like this is. I, you know, I, again, we get into conversations about blue bloods, and everybody agrees North Carolina ones. Everyone, everybody agrees Kentucky's one. Then you know Kansas, everybody agrees. But then people start debating Duke. Everybody agrees. I, I don't know whether Villanova is a blue blood or not, but it has been one of the great college basketball programs of the past 10, 15 years. Multiple national championships, three national titles in my lifetime, and they are eighty fourth in the net, zero and eight in quadrant one. That's a trivia time loss for me. I took too many guesses to get there. So, but that's a good, that's a, that's a damn, that's a damn good trivia time and a nice little tour through, uh, through the sport there. North Carolina, uh, just to, to, to put a bow on the Tar Heels, you know, they, you, if you are a believer in this team's capability of even making the tournament, which every time we talk about this, it does, it just, uh, it's just outrageous given um, who's on the roster. The way that Miami was able to go in to Chapel Hill on Monday night, and and when definitively, man, Jordan Miller is Jordan Miller really might be now. He's just starting to get some more run. And I admit, like, you know, when I was watching Miami for the first couple months of the season, a lot of, you know, Norchad Omir has been solid. Nigel Pack uh, has had some really good, really, really good performances. And he had 23. Isaiah Wong is probably the team's most important player. But Jordan Miller is my, maybe the most underrated player in the country. And part of that's because Miami has been kind of flirting with the rankings in and there and out of there. And but the 21 and five. And uh, there's a reader question in today's mailbag at the court report that it kind of asks, you know, is Miami, if it wins its remaining home games in the league, can it get a four seed and play in Orlando? I, I think so. But I think Miami's going to finish at least three and one in its last four regular season ACC games. I think that's how many it has. And then it'll at least get to the ACC semis. And then, yeah, Miami is going to have I think Miami will be playing games in Orlando and the Canes are for real. They need to be considered among final four contenders. UNC is just nowhere near that. And it doesn't matter. Like RJ Davis had a good game. Leaky black played relatively well. Caleb love hit some big shots. Um, but you kind of look up and you're like, why is Carolina in this kind of game again? Why, why does this kind of keep happening? And if we're going to bang on Kentucky for its inconsistency, then certainly UNC is deserving of it all the same. I just, uh, there's enough there that I think they're going to get it. But this sets up, and we'll talk about it on Friday's show. We are now setting up for UNC at NC State. That's on Sunday. That is 
you got to win it if you're if you're North Carolina and your reminder, because I see you state fans the past two weeks. The only team in the polls from that state doesn't wear Carolina blue, doesn't wear blue devil blue. It's been NC State that has been ranked. Now, Wolfpack got picked off at Q's on Tuesday. I get that road game, but it's NC State's that's been your reliable program. And that's almost never the case. Usually if it's reliable, one of the other two is there with it. But that has not uh, been the situation at all this year in the triangle. Uh, just to put a bow on this, more than half, if you didn't pick up on it, more than half of the power conference teams with zero quadrant one wins are in the ACC. <laughs> Five of the nine are in the ACC. Only Georgetown and Beaver Fever are worse in quadrant one than North Carolina. Now, in fairness, four days ago, North Carolina did have a quadrant one win. It was over Ohio State. In name only, though. Yes, in name only. Um, the Buckeyes were 48th in the net um, at that point, but now Ohio State's 53rd in the net after falling to 1-11 and in its past 12 games. Lost to Michigan State on Sunday. So that quadrant one win for North Carolina flipped to a quadrant two win, which made UNC winless in quadrant one. Uh, you mentioned our dribble handoff is going to be on North Carolina. How are they going to finish? Are they going to make the tournament? Um, I haven't done mine yet. I'll do it when we're done here. But I, I just for the record, I still think North Carolina is going to be in the NCAA tournament. Four, uh, four of their five final regular season games are games in which they'll be favored. Now, they just lost a game in which they were favored, so who knows what that means. But I think they'll close okay enough to, to, to squeak into the NCAA tournament. Maybe first four, maybe not. I think they'll get there. But the idea that we're even having this conversation on February 15th is kind of kind of outrageous. Let's move on. What a game Tuesday night inside whatever they're calling the dunk these days. Final score, Providence 94, Creighton 86 in double overtime. Going to get into that and what it means for the Big East race next. But first, a word from our partners. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big game Tuesday night inside Amica Mutual Pavilion. It's the dunk. The amp. It's the amp. Uh, not not to me. Amica Mutual must be furious with the state of things because nobody will call it Amica Mutual. <laughs> <laughs> nobody will. Even on in, inside college bat, like we were in studio all night last night. And John Rothstein's like the dunk. The dunk, 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 dunk. <laughs> like he won't he, like and he knows it's not the dunk anymore, but he just refuses to acknowledge what it actually is. And I don't blame him. Amika, you can't just start calling the dunk. Amika, you got an arena in the heart of New England, uh, Dunkin' Donut Center. It's the dunk. That's that's it's the dunk. Yeah. They're trying to call it the amp. 
Nah, nah, nah. I, I I watched a whole nah. YouTube I watched a YouTube video with the president of Amica Mutual Pavilion. I, just Why? so I could make sure because I didn't know whether it was Amica or Amica. Uh, okay. I didn't want to be mispronouncing words the way you so often do. You're 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 dialed in. Hey, dialed listen, in. we're both we can both be guilty of that. Let's <laughs> let's be honest there. But but I tell you what, the calculus crew came for me. You fury. How about this? I was so unfamiliar with that word. I didn't even know I was saying it right and you were saying it wrong. <laughs> no. I've heard many of folks call it infinitesimal, so I was going off of that, but infinitesimal. There you go. I, I, yeah. I, I You know how people always say when you're laying on your deathbed, you're right. Yeah. I feel like when I'm laying on my deathbed, one of the things I'm going to think about is how much time I spent on YouTube watching clips just trying to figure out how to pronounce somebody's name or something. Feels like there's better use of, of your brain uh, as the final few synapses fire. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to focus on that. And once I'm done with that, then I'll think about my children. Okay. Sounds good. Let's talk Providence. 94-86 over Creighton and double overtime. So Providence is now 14-0 at home this season. 9-1 and past 10 games in overtime. Tied for third of the Big East standings despite losing five of the top six scores from last season's team that won the Big East regular season title. We've spent a lot of time talking about Jerome Tang at Kansas State, Chaka Smart at Marquette, and Jeff Capel at Pitt, all wildly overachieving relative to, to expectations. Here's Providence again. I mean, they lost five of the top six scores and clearly headed to the NCAA tournament and at least still in contention. I know a lot of teams are technically in contention, but realistically in contention for another Big East title. I don't think they'll get it, but they woke up today still in realistic contention for it. It's a nice story. And like we've talked about Ed Cooley many times over the years. He, he's just fabulous. He is just fabulous in every way. Uh, you know, coaching a basketball team in a basketball game, running a basketball program, engaging with the community. Uh, just like you give me a program to start somewhere. Like he's on the short list of guys I would want running it. I agree, and uh, he is just continues to uh, to to build his legend in that area. He obviously grew up there. Providence, you know, Creighton had fell for one of the classic blunders. It got involved in a five point game against Providence. Can't do that. Shouts to John Fanta for this for this stat. I put it in uh, in my court report on on Wednesday as well. In the past nine seasons, when Providence has a game decided by five points or fewer. Ed Cooley's teams have won 71% of the time. That's incredible. Five points or fewer, 71% win percentage, win rate, and as you said, 9-1 in overtime games in the past 10. He's awesome. He said last night, this is becoming one of the hardest buildings in the country to play in. Becoming is no longer needed there, Ed. It is in the top 10 hardest. When you look at the win percentage, the, the fan base, I was watching that Creighton-Providence game, and I tweeted this. I It just it has me so geeked for the Big East tournament. I mean, they, the top five teams in this league are all awesome. All can make the second weekend. Many of them have Final Four aspirations. Devin Carter was a boss. 25 points, the best he had ever scored in a college uniform, and helped Providence nudge away a really good Creighton team that was riding its longest win streak ever in Big East play. And yeah, they needed to play 50 full minutes on it. Really, really good game. It just... And we got another one coming tonight, by the way, on CBS Sports Network on 
our air. GP will be in studio. And because Providence won the game against Creighton, it now sets up a Xavier at Marquette. Winner's going to be in sole possession of first place in the Big East. But that could flip, obviously, by the time we get to the start of the Big East tournament. Xavier still will not have Zach Fremantle. Marquette is the feature, the lead item of the, of the court report today. That'll be linked in this podcast description. Please do check it out because... The Golden Eagles have been able to be another one of those big surprises. Lost four of their top six scores. Picked ninth in the in the biggest preseason. Shaka Smart's going to win Coach of the Year. Ed Cooley's doing a great job. Shaka Smart will win Coach of the Year. And he's done it without a Division One transfer on the roster this season. Now, Marquette's not the only one, but it's, it's the only one, as I point out, that didn't come into the season projected to be a tournament team. UCLA, Indiana... Michigan State, these were all teams that didn't add a D1 transfer last offseason and were thought to be tournament teams. Marquette was thought maybe fringe NIT. Some friends of the pod even playfully poke fun at our preseason predictions, and I appreciate that. Shouts to Crack Sidewalks and Paint Touches and Anonymous Eagle. They, they, they got us good. But the point is, um, Shaka Smart was able to do this, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but he, he, he gave me some really good insight and quotes about transfers looking for money and him straight up abandoning recruitments of transfers, deciding intentionally not to add a D1 player. And now Marquette's top six players are all sophomores that lead the team in scoring there. So that's an awesome Wednesday night game. I think Marquette, just like Providence, just like Xavier, just like Creighton can win the league. And Ed Cooley has has managed to do it again. He's the opposite. And I have Shaka quoting uh, Ed or talking about Ed in a quote in the story and that he's shock is not saying, listen, the way that we did it this year, it's not the only way. It's just the way that I wanted to do it. Ed, meantime, he's methodical about it. He knows what he's doing. They bring in a ton in the portal. You've seen that Bryce Hopkins has been one of the five best transfers in the country. And I think one of the defining stories of this big East race, and there's been really, there, there are really seven or eight major plot lines to it. It's the fact that, and no, they're not playing each other this week, but you've got Marquette that added one NAIA dude. That's who they added, okay? And then they brought back a lot of guys that, that people underestimate. In the meantime, Ed Cooley wins his first Big East regular season championship in school history last season. Then they lose the majority of, of their dudes. He goes into the portal, and Providence was given more of the benefit of the doubt, was, was not seen in the preseason as a viable Big East contender. And now we look up, here they are, have been atop the league all season long. That was an awesome game at the dunk, the amp, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the Big East is going to continue to be a thrill ride here over the next three weeks. Like you said tonight on, and just as you were talking through that, uh, the ACC coach of the year is likely to be somebody who was previously fired and the big East coach of the year. That's Jeff Capel, by the way, and the big East coach of the year is likely to be somebody who wasn't fired or even pushed out, but was very much in an uncomfortable situation. That's a reasonable way to put it, right? Mm-hmm. Was in an uncomfortable situation at Texas was going to enter the next season, probably on those hot seat list. And he is on the verge of, yeah, being the, uh, uh, you don't think so? No, 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 I do. Someone in the comment just said, is Shaka coaching his way into the Texas job? That's a funny comment. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that, that is good. What if, what if Shaka did so well Texas tried to hire him back? I know. That's good. We, get, we get a tweet from Rostein. Sources. <laughs> Texas has zeroed in on Shaka Smart to be its next head coach. Uh, feel Could do like, worse. Uh, yeah. Could do worse. Here's the truth. Like, Shaka wasn't bad at Texas. He, he just wasn't. wasn't. He just wasn't what Texas wanted him to be. Um, but we've been through that before. I do think it's interesting that Shaka smart, uh, you know, in an uncomfortable position at at Texas is 
going to be the Big East Coach of the Year, it appears. And Jeff Capel, fired at Oklahoma, is going to be the ACC coach. There's life after death. Mm-hmm. That's right. Shouts to B.I.G. <laughs> I didn't know if that's where you're going with it. <laughs> no, okay. I was just gonna. I was just gonna stop right there. Camp, big time game on CBS Sports Network tonight. Like, Huge. how often do you get this? The winner of this particular game, whoever it is, will be alone atop its league standings when they will go to bed tonight. That's a that's a factual statement about Marquette Xavier tonight. Seems like it happens somewhat often, but not every week. Trying to hype this thing for CBS Sports it Network. Is this is the game of the night. There's what, the, I need, is, what, I, what I needed you to say there was, GP, I haven't looked this up, but I don't think it's ever happened. Okay. That's what I was looking for. Gaslighting the audience. Always a winning <laughs> strategy. Uh, it is, the, but it is. Uh, it's my most anticipated game of the night. We'll preview Wednesday and Thursday at the end of the at the show here. However, we, whatever routes we take to get there, we will mention there's also obviously a, another very, very good game. We'll, we'll get to that in just a second, but... Xavier Marquette is is the goods. And if Marquette is able to win, I'm pretty sure this is the case. If Marquette wins, yes, it will be ensured. Marquette fans, get on this one. If Marquette wins, it will be ensured that it is not swept by Xavier. And because of that, it will avoid any kind of sweep in the Big East this season. wonder when the last time that was true that a Marquette team never got swept by an opponent in the regular season, any opponent. It will dodge that if it avenges its January 15th loss. Only a four-point defeat at Xavier. What else you got? So Providence over Creighton, double overtime, obviously the biggest result of the past couple of nights, but there were some other interesting results. Texas Tech over Texas, proving that once again, uh, I don't care where you're playing on the road in the Big 12, you got to play well or you'll get caught. Um, Oklahoma State uh, beat Kansas State. The Wildcats have now dropped five of their last seven. Syracuse beat NC State, had to remove Tequavion and my Wolfpack, had to remove them from the top 25 and one. I didn't want to, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like I, I had a choice. Any thoughts on those results or any other results from the past couple of nights? Uh, let's hit on those three first. Uh, Texas is now tied with Kansas. Kansas also won. Uh, Grady Dick had a career best 26 points, won. Um, in, in convincing fashion, Self said afterward it was, it was one of the best games they played all season. They won at Oklahoma State, which had been really, really hot. So Bill Self gets a sweep of his alma mater uh, this season. And now Kansas is 21-5. and five. By winning the game and Texas losing, it's Baylor, Texas, and Kansas all with four losses at 9-4 and four, tied atop the Big 12 standings. That was a really, really impressive 40 minutes by Kansas. And... Uh, and I'm pretty sure I heard the announcer say Dick with the move or a great move by Dick like six times last night. I mean, I, I get it, but, you know, you can lay it on a little a little thick there, I feel. Well, um, like, I know people intentionally lay it on a little thick. I think laying it on a little thick with Dick is like I'm doing it right now. But mm, like there are things that even if you're calling a basketball game straight, it's just going to sound funny because his name's Dick for crying out loud. <laughs> if, if Kofi Colburn can change his name, the pronunciation of it at least, I don't know why Grady Dick couldn't. The first, the first uh, thing in like Kansas is like the at, these games happen. Then the sports information directors they send out recaps, and so if you're a media member, you're on the blast list. And even even it's it's even finding its way into the copy. Like the first quote says, "I love it." Dick said afterward, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's just it's it's his whole life. This is going to be the rest of his life. I know. This poor guy. One of us. One of us. God, I, I don't think I gotta believe it. I can look at him and tell he's one of us. There we go. So I anyway, bet was, I bet he was one of us last night. 
All right, here we go. Texas Tech beats Texas. Uh, just a little, a little inside baseball. Good God, Gary. Um, that was getting like that was going a very bad way. And Texas Tech is still having, you know, a, a season on the whole that is not what fans were hoping. But at one point, that was a ten and ten team that hadn't won a game in league play, and there was real noise that Mark Adams might not be able to hold on to his job by the end of the season. I think he's done enough there and, and he'll be safe, but it has been a, uh, there's been a lot down there in Lubbock and for the program now to have won four of its past six, good on them. Tech lose or Texas losing, you know, it's those kind of games though, at to your point, winning on the league in the big 12, every single game, every single venue is hard. Absolutely. But that kind of win, uh, if you can pull it off on the road and take care of business at home, that's what it would have gotten Texas the standalone big 12 championship. It can still get there, but that loss really does uh, ding them. I do want to, I'm glad you brought up Oklahoma over Kansas state because you know, zero sum, right? You're going to have some teams take some surprising wins. And that means some other teams got to take some L. So in the big 12 right now, I mean, Iowa state, which plays Wednesday at home against TCU, Iowa state has lost four or five TCU. Meantime, still waiting for Mike miles to return has lost four or five overall. And now Kansas state is another one. These were teams, you know, there was a point when all of them were top 20 in the country and they're still very good teams, but Kansas state, it was 17 and two almost a month ago. We look up now and it's 19 and seven. It's only got two wins in its past seven games overall. So, you know, these teams are all going to make the tournament with ease, but they have found the February woes, the dog days before you get to the, you know, the pace and anxiety of March there. And just been a little bit of up and down stuff uh, overall. Any thoughts on, I got a few more results you didn't hit on, but I don't want to move on to that in case you got well, thoughts on any of that stuff. I do. Um, Kansas state is, Two and five in its past seven games. But I know it sounds ridiculous to try to rationalize two and five and try to say it's not that bad because two and five is two and five. It, it just, it's not that good. We can agree. But he, but here, here's what it is. The losses, five losses, two road losses to top 20 teams, a home loss to a top 10 team, a road loss to a Texas team that just beat number six, uh, a, a road loss to a Texas Tech team that just beat number six Texas, and a road loss to an Oklahoma team that beat number one Alabama by 24. Those are the losses. I know. You don't want any of them, but they're all, even a, t this is the point I'm making. Even a legitimate top 20 team might go two and five in that seven game stretch. Every team in the Big 12 this season has had a stretch where it has at least gone one and two. Mm -hmm. Every Big 12 team in the league has lost two of three at some point. So is this damaging to Kansas State's number one seed hopes? Obviously, yes. Is it damaging to the ranking? Sure. I think I've dropped them down to 15 or so in the top 25 and one. But I looked at this because I was in studio with Brent Stover on Tuesday night, and he was still um, – riding the high of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl, but somewhat disturbed by his Kansas State Wildcats struggling to this degree. And here's what I told him. After Kansas State beat Kansas, Jerome Tang got on the scores table. Wildcats were 16-2 and two overall, 5-1 and one in the Big 12. You know where they were in Ken Palm? 26th. You know where they are in Ken Palm right now? 27. That's right. The record is different. The quality of this basketball team, I don't think, is much different than it was seven games ago. New CBS Sunday. 
You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. Yeah. Um, Mr. Taylor in the comments just pointed out Oklahoma has more quad one wins than Carolina and Kentucky combined, uh, which is which what is accurate. More, um, more than Central Michigan, though. Uh, those yes. chip, uh, chip, uh, infinitesimals. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Combined, yeah. Uh, okay. Real quick, just a few more results. Penn State beat Illinois. Trains off the tracks again. We told you what yeah, would happen. I'm sorry, I didn't yep, want to do that's it. What Gary is doing. Jalen Pickett went for 41 on 15 of 20 from the field, though. Big time stuff. He was awesome. He uh, he's the only player. Shouts to Mike Miller who runs the field of 68's daily newsletter. He pointed this out. Uh, Pickett's the only active player in men's D1 with 2,000 points, 600 boards, and 700 assists. He was a really good player at Siena before he transferred, and he is he is at an All American level right now. Penn State's not in the tournament. It needs to pick up some big wins, but he balled the hell out, and he is a very very fun and reliable player. Good on him. 40-point score was the first time in, like, 50-plus years, I think, for, for Penn State to have someone drop a 40-point there. Auburn, I I was watching, but I was watching a lot of stuff. Auburn it just destroyed Missouri. Missouri's coming off a of winning at the buzzer at Tennessee. It goes down to the jungle, and it's 89-56. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. It's college basketball, but that uh, was it's anarchy. It's anarchy is what I read. I think I've heard a man say that before. Uh, Coach K, no coincidence. Okay. Coach K... Duke gets screwed over by the refs, which always happens. Always. And after not attending a game the entire season, this man's going to go out on Valentine's Day and bring his lovely bride of, you know, 50-plus years to to check in on that. (laughs) You know? Felt like a real chaperone situation (laughs) happened in that Cameron Indoor on Tuesday night. Chaperone. But... Obviously, Mike Bray, outgoing Notre Dame coach. Hey, hey, Mickey, happy Valentine's Day. This is our first Valentine's Day in a million years where I haven't had to worry about a basketball team. You want to go down to Cameron and see John and Mike coach against each other? It was a very it was it was a nice gesture for Shashevsky, who, of course, brought Bray on. Bray famously was the last non-Duke player in the family guy to be an assistant before Krzyzewski exclusively went to that formula afterward. And so Notre Dame gave Duke a real good game. Duke got the win and uh, they even caught, there was one point near the end of the game where Duke was playing the shot, 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 everybody. And who's doing the chant? Who's into it? Mickey Krzyzewski. Are you all into it? So maybe she wants, maybe, you know what? Let's not be presumptive. Maybe she was like, Mike, you're going. I'm sick of this. Let's go. Maybe you know? she was. Like, maybe Mike was like, "Hey, sweet pea, um, what could I get you for Valentine's Day?" And she's like, "You know what I would like to do for Valentine's Day? I'd like to go to Cameron Indoor 
and get fired up to that shot song. Exactly. Plus some chocolate covered strawberries. And so he he got some chocolate covered strawberries and then went to Cameron. Very romantic. Good to see Kay back in the building. And that and they all the cameras were on him. Like the, it went triple zeros. He was at, he got the hell out of there as he should have. He was like, see you later. I'm going, I'm going, I'll meet you in the locker room. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously I meet up with Mike Bray, who uh, those two remain really, really good friends after all these years. Last what if one, he showed, what if he showed up only because he was like, I'm not going to let the ref screw John again. They won't do it. it. They I mean, won't do it. They won't do it if they see me there. Correct. They, that's, would, that's they, would, never, they would never do it in front of me. That they wouldn't thing. do it to me. Everybody, everybody on Saturday said they wouldn't do it to Kay. Right. But they also won't do it in front of me. So come on, Mickey. Let's That's get right. down to Cameron. A couple of chaperones at the middle school dance. That's what we had there <laughs> in Durham on Tuesday night. My last one is New Mexico is Clemsoning. And by Ooh. that, I mean, it is now tracking to do what Clemson did in the Oliver Purnell era. Halcyon days. Uh, be the last undefeated team in the country and then go to the NIT. Right now, they've gone from 14-0 to 19-7. and They lost to lowly Wyoming on Tuesday night. Uh, New Mexico is comfortably out of the tournament situation, but next three are at San Jose State, which is a good team. Uh, I'm going to say that's a quad two game off the top of my head. At Boise State, quad one, and then home versus San Diego State, which I would eh, might even be a quad one. I don't know where SDSU is in the net as of now. If New Mexico can win those three, then yeah, they're they're back in the discussion. They're back in the field if they get those three in a row. But they got to do it. And Richard Pitino's team has uh, has you know it is it's gone weird uh, quickly, but. It's, uh, you know, it is, it is far from the uh, worst situation at a school in that state. <laughs> That's one way to, to get to it. <sighs> Locked it right underhand, 54 miles an hour, right over the plate for you, GP. Before we look ahead to the next couple of nights, we should update you on the situation at New Mexico State because the school on Wednesday fired first-year coach Greg Heyer just days after his program was shut down for the season. What a wild turn of events for Greg. March 2022 gets his first Division I head coaching job. And all these things happened since then. Some of his players involved in a fight in a football game. One of his players shot a person to death. Three players are accused of hazing a teammate in a way that could be interpreted as sexual assault. The university eventually shut down the program with a 2-10 and conference record. And then Greg Heyer was fired less than 11 months after getting the job. It's hard to have something go worse than that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, this might be the worst of all time, um, as has been pointed out. And was really, frankly, uh, something that came up to me last year. And just, you know, in passing when he got the job, because there was curiosity over who would uh, get the New Mexico State job. Um, Frank Martin was even attached to that, among some other, among some other coaches there. But it's like, Greg Heyer's going to get that job. You mean the guy that was on Greg Marshall's staff and worked for Will Wade? That guy's going to get the New Mexico State job. Like that was part of in, in back channels. That was part of it, and now it looks even worse. Well, in like in the connection there, like he and Jans were tight. He and Chris yeah. Jans, like they worked together as yes. well. So yes. I, I, I always assumed that was the connection there. Yes. Like, like is Greg higher the next Chris Jans? Let's see. And he is not. Uh, he has now been fired, which was expected. The rest of the staff is on administrative leave. The president of the university uh, fired him. I, I there, you know, ongoing speculation if if there will be a change at AD. There will be a new president. Like that president is is also leaving this summer. So we really could have from the top down change at New Mexico State, and that's 
to be honest, that's what what needs to happen here. Um, the details in the police report, yeah, they're they're heinous, and uh, there's a lot to be figured out with that program. I also have stuff on the whack in the court report um, because because it stopped at season. There were six games in the league that needed to be accounted for. They ultimately decided to forfeit those games. I'm not going to run you down the whole thing. Just go read it. If you'll, our off season listeners will remember. I I broke a story last off season where the WAC is seeding its conference tournament, not on conference wins and losses. It is seeding its tournament based on how you performed against your schedule for the entirety of the season. The reason why is it's got a new commissioner, Brian Thornton. He's trying to incentivize his teams to schedule as best they can. So it gives the WAC its best chance at its best team in the tournament. You get a team in the tournament that wins. Obviously you get more money. It's better representation for the league. Coincidentally enough, New Mexico state did this a year ago. It won in the tournament as a 12 seed and upset number five seed. UConn there. So um, the details are all in that, but the the forfeits fortunately mean that the standings of the WAC in their WAC resume seating system, no team jumped another because of this. The the forfeits were automatically awarded and basically all regarded of a value of a home win. Thornton details that within, but, uh, but it, what could have been from just a purely competitive standpoint, a standing standpoint heading into the tournament, a team just simply opting to not play it's the remainder of its season that actually can provide some real logistical hurdles looks like the WAC has handled that pretty well overall and uh you still got to get the auto bid by winning it so it doesn't matter if you're the number one seed or the number eight or the number 12 you have to win the games to get the auto bid this is just setting up the league for its best chance at having its best team win out in a 12 team bracket boy the sun's getting bright here in new york city can you tell it wasn't like this 55 minutes ago now my back's hot it was it was a little bit like that yesterday. I mean, before we preview this games, can we let you know? GP and I had a little photo shoot. We're getting some getting some headshots, some some body shots here. Shot, 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 shots. Because we're gonna have some new podcast stuff. Although I got to be honest here. Now, do you got a couple of those photos? By the way, you got. If not, it has them. I might have sent him one or two. They're both good. One of them is the one I took of you with the raising the roof. <laughs> Here's the deal. I, I gave it a little bit of goofiness, but like when we were doing the, the two shot, you and me, I didn't feel like you got loose enough. I'm not, I don't, here's the thing. Like, um, every photo shoot I ever have to do reminds me of how much I hate myself. Okay. <laughs> so it's hard for me to get into it and, and have fun with it because the whole time I'm just thinking about how much I hate myself. As I told you yesterday, you are extremely photogenic. So this is an unfounded opinion. I okay. asked the photographer, I said, do you, you got one of them Harry Styles, one of them Harry Styles filters you can put on me? I would like to look like Harry Styles. I There's think. only so much that can be done. But, but like something can be done. Can't you make me look more like Harry Styles than me? Not exactly like Harry Styles, just more like Harry Styles. Less if, like me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button. Hey, YouTube. Hey. You see a photo of GP jazz hands what's actually happening is if you watch stuff on youtube you'll notice that uh the teaser thumbnails will often have the hosts the content the content producers right you will have a a, a facial reaction that is somewhat tied to the thing that you're going to be talking about in that video so gp and i had to give like 20 different emotions yesterday and i don't even have 20 different emotions i, I, like, was, I like have three yeah. emotions like frustration disappointment and uneasiness. Those are my only real emotions. And each time they ask you to do that, you were like, I'm just going to think about pit fans. And it, and it got you there, which was great. 
That Chris Klein fellow from American Pie. They said, they said, show me your frustration face. And I said, I started trying to think of Chris Klein from American Pie. Now, here's the real good stuff. If you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> you, can see, you can see, first of all, GP had to stand on a box. The first one wasn't high enough. The second one, he was taller than me. He's like, this is what we're going to say. You were like 6'5". <laughs> I wanted to be 6'5". <laughs> like a shipping crate. I was, and I was like, let's go with this other one there. You can still see he's on it. And there's, yeah, not, uh, not, quite, uh, not quite at eye level. But it, but it turned out. It turned out well. I, I gave a couple of goofy looks. I hope we can use them in some way. You know, they, they said we had that sitcom, that sitcom duo vibe, which I thought I, I tried. No, to I was very people. I was very self-aware while we were doing it. I, I knew I was disappointing everybody because I wasn't into it as much as I should have been. But I can't get into it because I hate myself. The only thing that maybe would have changed is when I, I got there shortly before you did and they asked you know, what kind of music do you want to listen to? And I was like, and, and then someone, no lie. And I can't remember which of, it was just an awesome team there. Someone was like, you want to do Guster? And I was like, we don't have to do Guster. Like I'll listen to it, but like, I don't, I don't need you to queue up lost and gone forever for me to really find myself here. Um, but they never asked you what music you want to listen to. Cause the fantasy football and baseball guys came in after and did some stuff. And they I would have said Harry Styles. I just said, put on go. one of them Harry Styles album, get your Harry Styles filter out. And I, yeah. I I I, I could have gone with a little music for a sushi restaurant. That would have I would have really gotten it going. To to be honest, I would have been I would have been down with that. So anyway, I bring it up because we will have uh, those things will be out in the wild at, at some point there. But it was it was a lot of fun and good to see you. Uh, good to see you in person. You want to preview the next couple of nights of games here? Yeah, um, we got a, a pretty good slate on Wednesday night. We've already mentioned number sixteen Xavier at number eleven Marquette on CBS Sports Network. Can't wait for that one. Also, number one, Alabama at number 10, Tennessee. Woo! Second best game of the night. Where Tennessee is a three and a half point favorite over the number one team in the country. How, how irritating. Disrespectful? That is wildly disrespectful. <laughs> disrespectful. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. T- Tennessee loses every game at the buzzer. Now they're supposed to beat Alabama by four. And they scored 46 against Auburn. That's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. How irritated are people going to be when Purdue's number one Thursday morning, top 25 and one? Because oh, that's, that's where we're headed. <laughs> that's where we're headed. <laughs> oh, man. Bama, Tennessee is a very, very good game. I'm very excited for it. I am narrowly more excited for Xavier at Marquette because I think the potential for that game to be more watchable and entertaining is better. Tennessee, just its offense just completely disappears for great stretches there. But... Maybe the Vols win. I won't be surprised if the Vols win. That will not surprise me, but I think that Bama is going to go in. And I think if Bama does go in and win and wins, you know, definitively, like a big time statement, it just reinforces this notion that Bama is the most dangerous team in the country. And I think there is, I think there is something to that there when you consider how, how hot it's been, how well it's played. And, you know, again, one loss since December 17th. What I, think else Al- I think Alabama is the most dangerous team in the country. I think Houston is the most reliable team mm. in the country. Houston has two losses by a total of seven points. And I know they don't play in the big 12 or the big 10, but Houston would obviously be great in, in any league. Um, this will always be a fun game if Tennessee wins. Do a Twitter search tonight for the word Tennessee and upset. Because you'll have a slew of like legitimate media outlets. I know, I know. Tennessee upset number one Alabama as a three and a half point favorite. That's That'll happen. That'll happen. Number 14, Indiana at Northwestern. That's a good one. That's a really good one. By the way, there's a very good Bama stat. I will not trivia time GP. Third item in today's court report has something about Bama's 20-year gap between number one rankings and the longest 
gaps of all time ever. Some good stuff there. So be sure to check that out. Indiana Northwestern. You're not going to give it to you. Predict this court report stuff. I, I want to tease more, it. Yeah, more, go have them look. All, have pres- them look. all presidents aren't as secretive with with. Oh. We, we know that <laughs> with classified files That's as you right. are with this court report nonsense. Tell us something. All the, in the court report. Tell us you want it right thing. now. You want it right now. I want it right now. What what school do you think is the longest gap between reaching number one ranking? Bama. It took them 20 years. It's the 15th longest drought in history. I thought it might be like top 10. No. What school? Longest drought. Ever. Houston is second longest and did it this season. I would have that, that was going to be my guess. Either and who did Houston lose to after getting the number one ranking? Alabama. It's all connected, GP. It is it's all, all connected. connected. That's 40 years. The longest drought is 45 years. Power conference school in the middle of the country. You mess a Give me a real guess. Okay, power conference school in the middle of the country. A power conference school in the middle it's of the country. Number one ranking in the 2000s to end oh, a 45 year drought. Oklahoma. Wrong state, right letter. I don't know any other words that start with O. Okay. Wrong state starts with O, middle America. I don't think that exists. Ohio State. Yep. Yep. Damn it. That does start with a no. Yeah. 1961-62 season all the way to 06-07. Shouts to your guy, Mike Conley. They went 45 years between number one rankings. He's the longest drought of all time. If you want the top five, go read the court report. Northwestern plays at Indiana, and you know what that means. Number two in the Big Ten is on the line. Let's go. They're Let's both go. nine and five. They're both 18 and seven. We, we, we recorded, we called it, by the way. We told you what was going to happen. Yep. We recorded on Sunday morning. Yep. Northwestern was going to upset number one Purdue, and it happened. What do you want from us? Okay. I couldn't help but check, check Twitter. I was busy. I know. I know. I was busy missing putts. And yeah. uh, I was like, because like one time I checked, Purdue was like up eight. I was like, okay, this is fine. And then, and then I saw it, and I was like, "These, these sons of guns, they did it to us again." They Northwestern, did it to us again. in good position here. That's a good resume. Good. How close are they to your top twenty-five and one? Northwestern is in the top twenty-five and one. That's what Chris Klein is so mad about. You know, I was just, I was just a, it was just a reset, just a T. <laughs> Northwestern is, is, it's a few spots ahead of. Pitt and Chris Klein couldn't understand it for the if you if his life depended on it he wouldn't be able to understand it. Wednesday is loaded, by the way. I'll be on HQ later tonight. GP will be in studio as always on a Wednesday night for CBS Sports Network. I'll just rip through these real quick. Arkansas, the uh, trying to get to be the Warhogs, going to Texas A and M. A and M sitting there second in the SEC and, and fighting for that position there. TCU at Iowa State, two slumping teams, nine Eastern on ESPNU, Kentucky. At Mississippi State, 830 SEC Network. Kentucky at Mississippi State. Just keep an eye. You got six good slash urgent slash intriguing games here on Wednesday. That would be your top six for me. And on Thursday, GP, what stands out? State is a three-point favorite over John Calipari's Wildcats. Yeah. That's fair. That's not not disrespectful. It's not lying too little. That's, that's, That's right on the money. On Thursday? Yeah, what do we got? 
Number three, Purdue at Maryland. And number 13, Gonzaga at Loyola Marymount. Loyola Marymount obviously already winning at the Kennel earlier this season. Those are the two games that highlight Thursday's schedule. Yeah, Thursday's a little bit lighter. Purdue at Maryland's obviously one you got to tune in for. 6.30 Eastern Big Ten Network. See how the Boilermakers respond. Um, Maryland is, you know, it, it was up, then it was down. Now it's back up again. And it played Purdue well back in in January, only lost by three. And really, if you looked at how Northwestern played Purdue and then how uh, it, it, Maryland used to press, had some success. We'll see if uh, if Purdue can can come out uh, looking better there. I don't know. We'll we'll have an interesting thing to talk about if if the Boilermakers go on the road and, and get dropped there. And then, yeah, Gonzaga's just looking to dodge the uh, the sweep at LMU. That's an 11 Eastern CBS Sports Network tip. There's a few other games, but not a ton of intrigue. Wednesday's the night. That's where you want to be. And, of course, we'll be back here bright and early on Friday morning. That's a 65-minute Wednesday podcast. That's tons of stuff, dude. That ain't no, no joke. No, there's no short. It's getting to be that time. How uh, How's your neck doing? Getting a little sunburn at this point? A little hot? The, 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 the sun came out from behind these buildings about mid-podcast. <laughs> it's, it got my... It's called, gotta, the, it's called the rotation a, of the earth. Yeah. I got a bruise right here. I don't even know what happened. All right. Is it because I'm too strong? Uh, I, I don't think so. I noticed this this morning. Like, how did I get a bruise right there? What happened to me? I think it's time to go. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck and Larnell. Thank you guys once again. For listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast, if you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars, nice review at Apple. Type words, there's more of us than there are of them. We are all Grady Dicks. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, knock that out while you're here. We're going to talk to you again on Friday morning. I'll check the trajectory of the sun before we do it. Till then, take care. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.